Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Emily. And Andrew's got a Telecaster in his lap today. Yeah. Would it be an, an offset podcast without a Telecaster? I mean, yeah, it would. It'd probably be more so, but yeah, I think you knew the answer to that question before you asked it, bud. Well, now I'm offended deeply. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's well, fine. I, I just kind of want something to hold. I think, I think people expect me to be offended. I am so offended. I so offended all the time. People think. Breaking news: Local white liberal woman is offended. No. <laughs> oh no! Not not me offended. Not again. I'm all no. When was the last time I was like offended? <laughs> Oh man! Tuesday? What? Okay. Why would I have been offended on Tuesday? Just, I don't Who know, offended pick, me on Tuesday? I'm picking a random day of the week arbitrarily for the sake of humor. Uh, I was offended. Was I like offended when someone served me mushrooms? Like, oh no! I'm offended that you thought I liked mushrooms. Already had an appetizer. I don't have mushroom for anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as this uh, is launched, yesterday was my anniversary. Seven years married. Congratulations. Ah, I still like him a lot. Yay. <laughs> yes. You made a good choice. I think so. Going on that second, third, fourth, fifth, et cetera dates with, yeah. with that man. I like that him. man. That man. Ricardo Giuseppe. Yes. I like him. He's a good guy. I was going to say he made me this coffee, but actually I made myself this coffee. Heated the water though. Mm. I actually haven't done coffee yet. Mm. Just done a. It's 11 a.m. Shoot. Shoot, buddy. I'll probably do coffee this afternoon. Although, mm. you know, I might make tea. It's yeah. like the perfect time of year to do Lapsang Sushong tea. Oh. And uh, especially since I've got the barbecue going right now, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, having a smoky tea with smoky meat. I mean, We'll okay. see. Maybe I'll do okay. both. And yeah. I just won't sleep tonight. That's a lot of smoke. That's a lot of smoke. Are you are you sure you don't want to separate those yeah. flavors as good? I mean, I, I did tell my doctor that I don't smoke anymore. Um, okay. Don't tell him that I, I'm still smoking the meats. Yes, smoking the meats. <laughs> uh, smoking the meats. I think that's, uh, you know, in moderation, smoked meats are better than smoking cigarettes. Yes. Uh, Although I, I really ought to start, like I should just have like a disposable mask, like for when I'm out there doing, uh, working the smoker. Cause if I go out there, tend the fire, like all the smoke out there, like the next day I end up like sneezing, like a little bit of black soot should probably just like disposable max masks. Ma- yeah. Mask. I mean, it is yeah. smoke. So it's probably a good idea. I think probably Rick does, Rick does that uh, honestly when he, he, he doesn't like being around smoky smokiness smoky conditions so he he already does that he's gonna outlive all of us should wear like the blue one and then like look Mm. for like the the little nostril holes as as the particulate matter gets stopped the vents no just like uh, like a plain surgical mask 
and then look like see if any like patterns form from like the intake of the air. Okay. Oh, okay. I think I think I'm catching that drift. I think I got you. I think so I got. If it. I like am over the coals and I go, is it gonna make like two like black sooty scudges? Sk- That's not what a scudge is. <laughs> You're just making fun of me for saying scudge. I'm going to start finding creative ways to use that in a way that sounds like it might work, but that's not no. what it was intended for. No, a scudge <laughs> is like a, a bit. Like you scooch a scudge. Like you scooch a scudge. Like you, you move over a little bit. Or Welcome like you, 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 you put in like just a scudge of reverb. It's just like a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I should, I'll go look at my I kid later. Like you got like a little scudge like on your forehead. Like. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't even know like what what I don't know how I don't know how to one how to spell scudge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what region scudge is. We should start a know. poll. How to spell scudge. I'll, uh, I'll start with S K U D J E. D J E. Yeah. That's not right. Good little bit. Uh, it is well, probably with the GE makes more sense grammatically, but J just sounded like that extra bit of flair of like this just feels not right. Uh, slang for a little bit. Good. I think it's with a S C U J. S-C-U-G-S-C-K-O-O-D-G-E. No, it's good. No. I don't know. Is it even a real thing? Has this been fabricated? No, it's memory? not. Is this going to be like... The mandala effect. <sighs> I just really want somebody to tell me. I don't know. I don't know. Now, now I'm just like, now I'm like, Getting really confused. Gosh, a skush. <gasps> oh, skush. I think I've just been saying it wrong. <laughs> no, a skush. I think I don't think it's skush. I think it's a skush. S k o s h. A skush. A bit. That's that's. A skosh. It's a skosh. A skosh. Oh my god. <laughs> a skosh. A skosh. I would I uh, okay, just if people are oh, it's from a Japanese word of skoshi. A little bit. I've got S K O O D G E on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Skudge. Verb to use or take something without permission. Example, your parents are out of town. You should just scudge their car for the weekend. They'll never know. Mm, I think it's skosh. I think it's skosh. Do you have any guitar pedals I could scudge? 
No. Any amps I could scudge? No. When are you going to be out of town? Can I can I scudge that super reverb? I think I think it's skosh. I think I think I've been I think I've just like it's one of those things where, you know, you hear a word wrong and maybe just my family picked it up weird and skosh turns turned into scooch scooch scosh. Yeah, all right. Well, Scooge is now an Emilyism, as many other things have become Emilyisms over the years. <laughs> and there we go. And maybe, maybe one of our, maybe, maybe we'll make a new shirt that says uh, "Turn up a Scooge." <laughs> just, just a Scooge. How, how, a how should we? We'll, we'll have to ask the Patreon supporters how we should spell yes. Scooge. Yeah, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash getoffset at the $5 tier or above to act for access to our super special Discord server so you can have input on how to spell scudge. Indeed. We have several tiers of Get Offset Patreon because we have tiers for fans. Yeah. Not for fears, just for fans. Tears before bedtime. Yep. Tears of a clown. Yeah, tears you lost me fears. on that one. Tears for fears. Tears of a clown is a Smokey Robinson. Uh, Smokey Robinson. That's Smokey just Ryan. it's a it's evoking some very intense imagery in my head now that I don't think I wanted. Smokey I'm not even Robinson. Scared of clowns. Miracle. It's a miracle song. I think that was Smokey Robinson. Yeah, Smokey Robinson. The miracles. You don't know that song, Tears of a Clown? You gotta listen to Motown. I don't think I do. <gasps> You gotta listen to more Motown. There's a lot that I need to listen to more of. Um, I highly recommend Motown. <laughs> it's great songs. No, I, no, <laughs> I like, like Motown. Motown did this really cool thing. That one of the reasons they had so many hits is because like they they had like focus groups. Um, yep. So they all listen to some. But did I ever did I talk about this? They all listen to songs in a room together. A bunch like they're like A and R people, and uh, they would listen to a new song, and. Uh, you know, they'd be like, okay, uh, would you call a radio station to request the song? And if everyone didn't raise their hands or if at least one person didn't raise their hand, like that would, yeah, I would call specifically to request the song. If I heard it, um, they wouldn't release the song. Mm. So that's how that was their like quality control. Like, is this hot enough that like, I would actually go out of my way and out of my day to request a song on the radio. So yeah, if they didn't feel that way, then yeah. Sucks. So yeah, Tears of a Clown. Um, Tears for Fears. Patreon Tears for Fears. You also like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. That actually is extremely helpful. I wonder if we've got any reviews lately on the... Have the we had any iTunes. reviews lately? I haven't checked in a couple of weeks. I haven't checked. I haven't checked. This feels like... Know, is this like... Like slight masochism and waiting for like a terrible review to come through? Embracing myself for. Well, it's weird. It says we're. It says we we update biweekly, but that ain't true. No, I don't see any recent ones. I said no. Stop giving me. Stop giving me uh um jaws. <laughs> or I'm gonna start giving you. Uh oh. Uh oh. Chicken picking inbound. 
That was not chicken picking, that was just some good old school James Bond. I was expecting the chicken picking when I saw the uh, the Telestrat. Oh yeah, I picked up my Nashville Player Plus Telecaster. I just like calling it the, the Telestrat. I don't know it's why. A, it's a Nashville Tele. It already has a name. Yeah. It already has something that's called. Uh, can I show you what's new with me though? Let's do it. Yes. I've actually had this for a bit. I, I'm kind of waiting for um, something to come back to me before I put it on my board. But I got the lift from Goodwood Audio. There we go. It is a little attachment that goes on your pedal board. It it goes up and down, up and down. And uh, you can put your, your power mm-hmm. or what have you underneath it. And you can put pedals on top of it. But um, I was going to, you know, I'm excited. I can put um, perhaps my Milkman the Amp on top of it and my yeah. engine room series. Well, one of my engine room um, power supplies underneath it. Because I have a flat board that I use with Sunday Crush. And uh, I want to put my power. <laughs> I, I got power needs. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm excited I'll be able to put the, um, the engine room level 12 underneath this. And uh, it actually looks really nice. I always love the branding on the Goodwood stuff. So no, I, I like to, their stuff. Yeah, for big thanks sure. to Grant for sending this to me. It looks beautiful. Now, is um, this the one that's also got like the hinge like lift up on it? Or yeah, I got those parts right here. Nice. Yeah. And then the the other thing. So uh, yeah, just again, I'm gonna have to wait until um, something comes back to me. I've Got some things loaned out at the moment. Uh, fair enough. Fair so, enough. Yes, fair enough. But that's exciting. Um, yeah. You know, I'm always think... loaning sh- shit to people. Uh, so You lift me up. Sorry, I can't help it. It's just Josh Groban, you know. I know it's not oh, lift, okay. but. Yeah, and then that's not, that's not all that's new with me. Oh, double trouble. Here we go. I got the. The, the large boy, the HXL. XL. So big thank you to Line 6. I I also have the Line 6 power amp behind me. It doesn't weigh as much as I expected it to. It's really, really? lightweight. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm really excited. I get to take that to my next Sunday crush gig on October 14th. The uh, yeah. power amp with the pod go. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, just just absolutely thrilled. So I'm very excited. You oh get God. the unbox. Supposed to be an easy box to open. I promise. It looks easy. Oop. It's just get like my... that XL bit makes it a little bit more cumbersome to like open all the way. Oh, this is a live unboxing. I just saw tape get cut. <gasps> All right. I'm not, ooh, I'm not going to take it all the way out of the box. But it's in there. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be a good chance to uh, dig into more programming for you. I know. I'm excited. More instructions. Case candy. Power supply. Always good to have the power. Oh, it's not that big. It's not very big. I know Ann Slikowski got one. She made some very cool ambient noises. 
So I'll make less ambient noises, I'm sure, but... Uh... I mean, I've just been really impressed with the, the Line 6 engines lately. They've come a very long way in digital. Ooh, it's pretty. Is it, it, It's the same uh, like black sparkle that they do on the regular yeah, HX stop? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a great finish. Ooh, soft. So many outputs and inputs. I mean, just looking at it, I, I feel like that straight up could be someone's rig, period. Oh, I mean, that's, the po- that's totally the point, yeah. Volume. Like that's the ultimate fly rig right there. Expression one, two. Stereo send, left, right. Oh, it's a stereo send. Return. Well, stereo is always better. Left, right input. Left, right output. Headphone. And MIDI. It's like they got this. This thing has got everything. Yeah, everything. Nice. Yeah, so I'm excited to dig into that, obviously. So I'm just all, I'm all line six out. I've got my modeling needs. I mean, I'm excited for the new, like, I know they have some kind of mood-esque, um, like, um, presets or patches. Interesting. Not patches, um, sounds, tone prints. Yeah. Not, not tone prints. That's not what they're called. Emily. They've come a long way, like the pitch shifting stuff in particular. I think the, the earlier versions of Helix, uh, earlier firmware model uh, updates, I was not super impressed. But that, I mean, that's going back, you know, probably three, almost four years now. And what I'm thinking about and just trying some of the updated updates for yeah. um, just on the, the PodGo that I've got over here. I uh, like the um, sense stuff on the PodGo. I don't have the patience to set pitch shifty stuff particularly. I know that about myself. That's a personal failing. Well, you know what they say, life's a pitch. That wasn't the worst you've done. That wasn't the worst. So let me just get my get some stuff out of my way. I'm glad I've set the bar low. Yes. Yeah. That bar has been set. Hello. Um, cool. Anything new with you, dude? Uh, anything new with me, just, uh, continuing to grind out. I'm going to have some stuff ready for Fox Cairo by, uh, Black Friday weekend. So keep an eye out on that. I'm excited and just continuing to be blown away by how consistent my orders have been. It's um, awesome, dude. Yeah, no, it, it's been, it's been super neat to just kind of watch this grow i say watch like i'm a bystander but there's moments where i feel like it's not just me it's like the entire community coming together and getting excited about a product and there's something magical about that so i I would say that's what my what's new but outside of that just continuing to grind because i've got to be i've got to beat jason yeah we talked about that last week yeah yep i won't ask you for a progress update (laughs) don't ask for a progress update not until it's over not until the party's over. Well, I'm not going to lose any pounds this week because tonight I, well, I will, um, I have an anniversary dinner with my husband. Aww. Italian food. Italian. Like it's pre-anniversary. Well, oh. enjoy your Italian food. I just realized I said the day this drops is my anniversary. Actually, it's just the day we're recording. 
the, the mm. day after the day we're recording. So actually, a week ago is my anniversary. Fair the day this drops, the day this drops, I'm in Cincinnati, <laughs> which means I also won't be losing weight because I'll be eating Skyline chili, Skyline, taste of Belgian waffles, Geta, graters, probably some Cincinnati style chili, definitely, definitely graters. Yes, I've never be. even been there. I know like what all the cool with all the cool food things are now. Yes, all the cool Cincinnati foods. Lots. Listen, Midwesterners know how to eat. This is, this is true about us. They we do. got some good foods. Maybe I'm some gonna be, Holtman donuts. I'm going to be in Wisconsin here very soon. Yes, this is and true. And I'm excited for uh, for the cheese curds. <laughs> Curd, them curds are good. We don't have those. I think yeah. I'm going to backslide on any weight loss that I get this month. <laughs> like, well, you better get them five pounds then before so you can get them back. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yes, do it right. Do it right. So, and and to be clear though, it's like not just about like weight as a number. This is just a good, this okay. is a good metric for me to keep an eye on to motivate me to continue going and getting in shape. Yeah. Understandable. Yep. Totally understandable. Weight, Whew. age, all just a number to me this month. Just not thinking about it too hard. Yeah. You know, it's about healthiness. I haven't lost any weight, but I'm definitely eating, generally speaking, eating a lot healthier, a lot more Good. vegetables and a lot less trash. Incredible how much of a difference it makes in just overall energy and mood. Mm-hmm. And sleeping a lot better. Though today I did sleep a lot later. Eh, happens that's good for you sometimes it's good take those days off where we can get them because i work too much (laughs) you do yeah i do all right um cool uh what else are we going to talk about before we talk about our sponsor sponsor uh in terms of other news i don't have anything right now i'm just kind of in the uh the mode of gearing up Ramping up, getting excited, down to what, like a month of Black Friday? Yeah. Ooh, six weeks. That time is slipping quick. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, I'm going to take the rest of the Sunday and not think about that kind of thing, because that's what I think about on my day job. I know lots of companies are getting their releases back up. It was such a slow summer as far as releases go. And then, like, I felt like a bunch of shit dropped kind of all at once. Um, so I think brands are trying to at least get, like, some sorts of pre-orders going, um, ramping up production so people can get those gifts for themselves and others. Let's be real. Like, people are adding that, like, you know, the Benson Geranium Boost to, uh, like, their idealist for, like, their significant other to get them. Like, Hey husband, give me give me that Benson Germanium boost for my birthday right. for Christmas, you know, like or they're buying it for themselves. Be you a know? great stocking stuffer. I mean, it would fit in a stocking. It's so small. Hmm. But it's got side jacks, you know. It does. Suppose I I'm starting to grow old enough to get over my childish dislike of side jacks. It's just me. Being I petty. mean, but plugs have gotten so small. Like, they really have. Like the paint, like even they've gotten so small. Like I kind of just want to go buy a bulk pack of the EBS flats. Yeah, those are those those even fit on like like the like 
Because sometimes like the pancake ones didn't wouldn't play well if you were had like the side running into like the top jack ones. Yep. So that was the problem. So now like you don't even have a that's not an issue. Yep. But like if you had them all like all like sandwiched together like that, sometimes like especially I imagine this was a bigger problem for guys with bigger feet, especially because even with my small feet, I have a size six and a half shoe, and sometimes I have trouble like hitting those pedals that are all like next to each other. And people complain all the time, oh, Chase Bliss has side jacks. I'm like, well, it has all those dip switches, dip switches at the top. Like, like you can't just have both. drill a hole right through those. Yeah. No, I'm like, but then it also has like the, sw- the, the ox switch and the, like you, like you need some space between that and whatever yep. pedals next to it, or you're not like, you could never operate those with your feet. You could so, operate it with your hands, though, if you get one of those, uh, the, sorry, collaboration guitars they did with Built. The oh, mood yeah, guitars. those look really cool, yeah. Those look so freaking cool. Yeah. As of recording, they haven't announced more info about those, but I think that at least some of them are going to get auctioned off. I think those are going to sell for a lot. But I I think they just look so stinking cool. And some of the colorways they've done are just so freaking gorgeous it's just unreal yeah it's not very often i look at a guitar and go like whoa like could spend a month and not get bored yes i mean and they work Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) they work really well cool um yeah so this week's uh, episode of get offset podcast is sponsored by caroline guitar company based out of south carolina which is where I first heard people use the word skudge instead of skosh. <laughs> they probably said skosh. I think, I don't know. I think I just thought skudge sounded funny. I, I think that's probably I, a fully objectively, a me thing. I think it works better. Skosh. I, that's probably just completely a me thing. I think so, skudge, it, it does sound better as skudge. <laughs> skooch is skosh. Uh, no one's ever corrected me. I mean, it gets the point across. Yeah. It's like, it if it's not technically correct, but it communicates the right thing. Yeah. If you like more than a skosh of havoc, <laughs> you'll really <laughs> like the Caroline Company uh, pedals. Their havoc switches are Andrew's personal favorite thing. Yeah. About the pedals. Yeah. I like wild and wacky yeah. and borderline out of control. Yes, but I like pedals that can that can do it all, and they have such ranges, which is what I really like about them. Like they're like a wolf in sheep's clothing in that way. Like yeah. they they can do that very nice, normal, sweet, well behaved sound. But you know, you know that picture of that guy who's like in a nice suit, he's got like a tie and all that, and you can see in the mirror behind him, he looks like a complete freak. <laughs> <laughs> That's their pedals. It's like the assless chaps of <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, such exactly, pants. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the the pedals are are mullets in the best way, you know. Business in the front and a party in the back. I like that. Yeah. Business up front, party in the back. Caroline yeah. effects. I think that should be the new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Business up front, party in the havoc. There we yes. go. You want to get weird? We can do that. You want to be nice, normal, and sweet? We can do that too. Do that too. Well, I remember. I think like one of the weeks after I got the somersault, I was in the studio and 
the woman I was recording with was so fucking stoked on the somersault and the sounds it made. And unfortunately, that track did not make her EP, but she was just like, I made a no. psychedelic song. And she was so excited about it at the time. But uh, I think she just, I don't know. Whatever happened to that song? Sometimes you record things and you're like, I'm excited for this to get released. And then you wait two years and then she puts out the EP and you're like, this is two acoustic songs and like one song I worked on two years ago. Well. And then like, and sometimes she kind of reaches back out to you and you're like, can you re-record the guitar part in a different key? I'm like, yeah, of course. And then she doesn't release that one either. I'm like, you paid me three times. Yeah, you got paid. <laughs> yeah. I know, but I, I'm like, they were nice songs. <laughs> yeah. Maybe those are being, maybe they're so good they're being saved for the full length album later. Maybe. I hope, Gotta think I, hope positive. I hope they see the light of day. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. You know, I was watching something. I forget what it was. I think it was probably, oh, it was SNL uh, the other night on October 2nd. Um, I didn't the, even realize it had started again. <laughs> yeah, um, it was Owen Wilson. He was talking about how, you know, a live show, you get immediate feedback like a musician does. He's like, you do a movie and you have to wait a year for the feedback. I'm like, man, sometimes you're a musician. You got to wait a year for the feedback. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Always, you don't always get it right away. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you, you record something and you're like well maybe this will get released sometimes it won't like like there are whole whole albums like that just never get released i think like remember that band nine days they did that hit song story of a girl like that song was unavoidable and huge and they did a second album it just got shelved by the label and i don't think it ever got released you're like yeah you know sometimes you work on stuff and it never gets released and i think that's l a little less common for movies like never getting released a major sure. studio movie because you think about like a budget for a movie like a, a, a studio is putting like millions of dollars into a movie but they'll shelf like an album they put thirty five thousand dollars into you know they'll be like eh, fah, no nine days we're not releasing it yeah so i mean i feel like I was see watching something and then, and then like uh, something I saw on Instagram, I think it was Wendy Melvoin and Lisa Coleman from Prince of the Revolution and Wendy and Lisa. Yeah. Someone was talking about how they had worked. I, I worked on a, a record with Wendy and Lisa. It never got released. I assumed it got destroyed in that big, um, there was a big fire and mm -hmm. like tons of like Warner universal. I think it was Warner yeah. universal uh, masters got destroyed. Like, 20,000 master recordings or something got like just just Shame. huge loss huge loss for music um historians and she just thought like i thought it just got destroyed in that fire like this is something from the early 90s and is one tape i think wendy melvoin had one tape of it so uh it didn't completely get destroyed but that's like things music just gets gone forever so lost you know you don't, always, you don't always have it um Sometimes you do have to wait a very long time for the feedback yep. uh, if it ever happens. And I just, I feel like that's less common for, um, for movies. I mean, no, obviously I mean, there are indie films that never get sure. released ever, but. Oh, but I, I think that feedback aspect is very important. I think that's, that ties into the unnecessary human aspect of, of just being an artist is 
that feedback, that connection to the consumer mm-hmm. of your art. And I, I think that's very, very natural. Yeah. And what do you do with the feedback too? You know, um, uh, through a fit. Well, Owen uh, made a joke that he only reads. Someone told him, like, if you read the bad, good reviews, you have to read the bad ones, too. And he's like, the trick is, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And yeah, you know what? No, you don't. You really don't. Uh, It just depends on, like, where you are and, like, is it help? Is it constructive? Because the thing is, like, sometimes the bad feedback is not constructive. Sometimes it is. And I think that you should try to read the constructive negative stuff. I really do. But I feel like especially especially on the internet, a lot of it ain't. And sometimes it's coming from a place that is, you know, kind of valid. Uh, Before the episode started, Andrew and I were talking about something that's kind of unrelated to any of this. But, like, ultimately it was about someone's, like, art or whatever. And, you know, we're never going to talk to this person about, like, what we feel about this person's art, but you know, we have opinions about it. And if we were to present that person, you know, (laughs) maybe it would make this person's art better, (laughs) but uh, in our mind, but would this person care? Probably not. They're just going to keep doing what they're doing and uh, good for them. Whatever. I don't, why should they care what we think? You know, music business question for you. Go for it. Is it always an artist's responsibility to manage the connection to an audience? Or is at some point, is that the artist's response or the label's responsibility or someone else to help them curate their audience and help them connect and have direction? I think you need to rephrase that question in a, in a, in a way that makes sense with words. What do you mean? <clears throat> so, Let's use Owen Wilson as that example. Owen Wilson shows up, he does his job as acting, and he goes home. And like to a certain extent, yes, that feedback is important. I'm sure he values it. And it's very I'm sure at a human level, it's very gratifying when a movie does really well and to see the oh people love my performance. But it wasn't his job to write the storyline. It wasn't his job to like write the content that was being done. He was just participating in it. Right. And so in that particular instance, while he is an artist, the ultimate responsibility on connecting with the audience is going to fall on the director, producer, et cetera, more on that level. Now, is that similar all from a music business perspective with musical artists in the way that they relate to the other staff that goes into a successful act? And uh, You know, uh, it's – so it, when you're looking at something like that, like – I feel like at some levels, like an actor is, you know, they're a part of a much larger production. And, you know, Owen is at a point where, you know, he can largely pick and choose what he wants to be in. Um, He, and I think a lot of people, when when they, when they look at a movie or something, uh, you you see this in reviews a lot, you know, so-and-so, did what they could with what they were given. You do see that a lot in reviews. So sometimes if a movie is bad, but a performance is good, or, you know, if a good, if an actor is really good and, you know, her dialogue was bad, they'll say, you know, she kind of did her best with that. Or if the opposite is true and everything else seems to be really good, but the actor is kind of not doing well. And you're like, 
she didn't seem like a good fit for the role. Like you, you can see people can pull that apart a little bit better. And I feel like that's a little bit more akin to like being a drummer on a song where, you know, like, Hey, the song's kind of a dud, but the drums are fire. You know, <laughs> the production is sure. really good, but the song is bad or the song is really good, but the production lacks and kind of hides things. So it is, a, you know, again, kind of like an ecosystem. I'd have no yeah. idea if this is what you're even asking. But like, so as ecosystem far as like, about what makes it great, but like the con- yeah. ecosystem as it pertains to connecting with the audience, like brand management, customer experience management, to use corporate terms. It's, I, like Owen oh, talking to people or like whether or not someone like you can't control like if somebody connects with a thing. Sure, I have no, I, I can... literally have no idea what you're trying to say. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, like, if, are you talking about like responding to tweets or? So not direct, like direct response, but more in terms of, like, does the art connect with the audience? And then, so like, if you got your first album is really great, and mm-hmm. you find an audience, they really yeah. dig it, and, and a label wants to sign you on, and then continue to go after that audience. Uh, is it up to the band to just kind of do what they did again? Uh, bands do often like to change labels sometimes like for bands to change. And is that be, I assume to a degree, it's a anticipation of what the audience might want to connect with and wanting mm-hmm. to help grow that way. And so I, I suppose the answer to this is probably it's a group effort, but in terms of looking at the, like who who's looking at that audience and saying, what are they into? What do yeah. they like? What do they, what do they not like? How do you, how do you take the feedback from the first album, kind of boil that down and figure out how that then synthesizes into a yeah. second album is well, the scenario I, that I'm thinking of in my head. I think it's generally a mistake for a band or performer to go into the studio and intentionally make like first album part two. I think that there needs to be at least some sort of growth in some way, even if it's not like, extreme growth but I, I feel like you need to change up something a little bit or it's just going to be boring um sure. and i think that a lot of bands just kind of have their sound and they just continue to do that but i think the ones that have a lot of staying power and the ones that have longer careers do tend to change things up at least a little bit between albums um mm-hmm. like you listen you think about um Let's 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 do Vampire Weekend. Vampire Weekend, you know, they have a lot of growth between albums. Uh, sure. Their albums aren't like you. You could critique their first album and be like, "Oh, it's like Paul Simon's Graceland." But as their albums progress, you know, they're different, and that's what's made them. I think. I think it's what's given them that kind of staying power, and it's what's made them a bigger band, album after album after album over the past like what fifteen years almost, mm-hmm. um, and that's what's you know that's what um, Prince would do for a long time. That's why he had such a long illustrious career, and that's why I think a lot of the bands that have a lot of staying power. Um, have in common is that they don't try to do the same thing over and over, but they you know they focus on making sure their songs are are quality that they're not like mm-hmm. chasing trends necessarily, but they're still ex- expressing growth. Um, you know, that, that you're still writing great, smart, catchy songs, um, but that you're trying something new and sometimes it's going to work out. Sometimes it's not going to work out, but that you're taking risks. I think is, is that I think in what, what I think 
is that, um, you know, trusting your audience to be at least a little bit smart, but not, not treating them like they're overly smart <laughs> is, is kind of the best way I can put it. Like giving them some credit, but not over crediting them. Um, not asking too much of them, I think would maybe be the better way to say that. Give them some credit. Don't ask too much of them. And as far as the label goes, you know, set expectations up front, uh, I think is what you have to do. I think you have to say like, I'm not going to, I don't want to do this part too. And if you ask, don't expect that and don't ask that. Um, but ultimately, um, if you ask a label for money, they're going to have input. And if you ever ask anybody for money, that person's going to want input because they gave you money. And there's right. a little bit less you can do there. So that's what, that, that's kind of where that comes into play. And if a label thinks, de deems something as non-commercial, that's all they have to say. If they're like, I can't make money with this, I can't sell this, that's all they have to say. And if you don't have sure. a lot of like um, um, clout, there's not a whole hell of a lot you can do about it. You know, that's what nine days learned. They had a hit song and they had no clout. Um, or what was the band out of Portland from the movie? Dig uh, the dandy Warhols. You know, they had to go and re-record a bunch of songs after they signed to a major label because the uh, label deemed them non-commercial and was probably right they never were a hit band in america uh they had some songs and commercials in europe they were successful in europe they had you know some great sync placements and like uh veronica mars uh in the intro sequence for that tv show that made them a lot of money but like, they were never hugely successful commercially in america so as far as you know that goes it was, was kind of right great no that makes sense that makes sense yeah. I'm tracking. Yeah. So did that answer? What do you think? Like, I don't, I don't know if those are like. Sure. So, so what I'm hearing is like, what I'm hearing is an approach to the creative process. That's more of a stay true to yourself, grow. And uh, just from a growth perspective um, for the band in terms of how the, the next round of content is curated. And I guess in the back of my head, thinking more from like a corporate perspective of like, you figure out what your target audience is, you figure out what they like, and then you build products for that target audience kind I of a mindset. Gotta, yeah. I think you got to keep your fans in mind because, you know, you don't want to like leave them in the dust. I mean, in the eighties, Prince got a lot of shit from his original fans who were, you know, largely black. Like you left your black audience behind and that really got to him. So he started trying to release albums to appeal back to them like and he wrote songs for quote black radio um again and like adore on side of the times like he like that kind of criticism really got to him so he tried sure. to get back to it um even if it came at the price of the you know mainstream total success and world domination um so yeah i i think that a mistake some people make when they get big success and you know, that some people make just in general is asking too much of your audience um, too quickly and, you know, just expecting them to be with you every step of the way 
getting too, you know, in the weeds. Um, you know, these people, they just want to have, they just want, they want, they like your hits. They, they like your songs. They like mm-hmm. you, you know, that you got to nurture it a little bit for a while first before you get, sure. you know, too weird and too wild. You know, it's like you, you go on a first date with somebody, you get coffee, kind of like each other. You got to maybe you wait a while, you build that love, you build that trust before you get too weird. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's the process of converting listeners to fans. Yeah. Which is, no, I mean, that makes total sense. I, so in the back of my brain, the, the part where I, I start to wonder or the, that I'm not very exposed to since I've never signed to a label and I didn't go to um, school for this is uh, so there's the got to keep the fans in mind and, and more in the, to use the term of like uh, target market. Um, oh, my goodness. I just said you target market uh, market analysis. <laughs> Goodness. Sure, I feel yeah. so corporate. So in the back of my head, like, so Owen Wilson doesn't have to do that. Well, no, he already has a bunch of people who will go see a movie because they like who Owen Wilson is. I mean, he's part sure. of it. Like he's part of the appeal of a, of a larger product, but you know, people aren't going to see him. People, most people aren't going to see a movie just because Owen Wilson is in it, but some people are. And if, if they do, all I have to say is, wow. Wow. But, I, I, I'm just thinking in the back of my head, I, I imagine labels are going to want to analyze the target market a little bit deeper and kind of just, is this commercial, is this non-commercial and want to have that sway. And so I, I think the answer yeah, they do. that I'm to the question I'm having a hard time verbalizing is more along the lines of it is an ecosystem and everybody has to con- contribute to some uh, sense or another. Uh, but I, I, I think I, no, I, I, that that's that that all makes sense. I suppose that's incredibly logical. To well, now labels come do their conclusion, do do more research, but like they didn't used to do. They used to, and, and sometimes they still do this, man. Like one band hits it big, think Nirvana hit it big, and they then major labels were like, oh, bands in Seattle that kind of vaguely sound like this are big. Let's sign all the bands in Seattle. <laughs> Right. So right. like bands like Screaming Trees that were nothing like Nirvana had hit had like <laughs> major label deals. <laughs> and like some Ivy of them did really the big. Wall. Yeah. So um, uh, you know that, that so like they then they would just like have all these bands kind of yep. throw them at the wall, see what hits them. And some labels still do this. And sure. it's kind of it ends up being a little predatory for the bands because then you're like Okay, so Mumford and Sons hit it big. So now let's sign a bunch of Americana bands and just kind of see what hits. And then you have a major label contract. You don't have a ton of support. They're just like trying you in a couple markets and then they're you have this you're gonna get dropped and then you're not gonna make any money because you have a bad deal, you know? And right. it's you know, but you're excited. You, you you can finally tell mom and dad you're on a major label. It's all been worth it. And uh, I finally did it, guys. I play yeah. boom clap music now. Stomp clap. That's what it was. Yeah. Stomp clap. Stomp clap. <laughs> no. You know, it's so, uh, you know, just be, it's easy to be like, oh, this is my only going to be my only chance. And maybe it is. Maybe you just want to go along for the ride once, you know? Sure. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. It's good exposure. 
I mean, it's a good, just have that life experience <laughs> once. It's not yeah. the worst thing in the world. Um, I can't say I wouldn't do it if I could. <laughs> I remember, sure. I remember like when I was working at a record label, there was a band that was about to hit it big and they were like, really like we knew. And this is a band that's still, mm -hmm. that's still big and sell out like, um, uh, like the like concert halls, and uh, there was one band member who she just she didn't want to go. Like she wasn't this primary songwriter. She wasn't a primary musician. She was in the band because she was really good friends with the people in the band. So she she was right. like she was essentially about to get like a really fun ride and yep. make money and have to do very little compared to everybody else in the band, and she just didn't want to do it. And I mean, uh, she just, and it's, it's her prerogative. She didn't want to do yeah, it. it. And if, other people are looking at her like, you're about to have the ride of a lifetime. Yeah. And you're, you're the right age to do it. She was like 19 and she just didn't want to do it. And it's totally fine. If that's not what she wanted to do, if all, maybe all she wanted to do was, you know, play clubs in her hometown and like sleep in her own bed. And that's absolutely valid. And I was like 20 at the time. I was like, I can't believe she's not doing this. And now I'm 32. I mean, like, yeah, kind of. Like, I still kind of some people just know what they imagine, want. I still can't imagine not doing it at 19. But like, 32 year old me is like, yeah, I kind of get it. Like, I kind of get it. I still would do. I would, you know, think that I would do it. But I saw uh, Almost Famous once. I'm good now. I mean, <laughs> you only saw Almost Famous once. How do you just watch that movie one time? No, I've seen it more than one time. But. No, it's fine for people to know what they want and to just kind of live their truth. I don't know. Is that too yeah. buzzwordy? It's a little No, I think it's good to good to live your truth. Live your truth. Some Not people are making it to, to their late 20s and still figuring out what that looks like. Roof. <laughs> well, we didn't talk about Mike's music in Cincinnati, Ohio at all, but maybe I'll talk about it when I get back from Cincinnati. Let's talk about it when you get back. I think Let's talking about, about I think talking about connecting with an audience is always going to be a helpful topic to kind of to flesh out and just yeah. food for thought for musicians to kind of dig into and think yeah. how they do that, how they do that well. And yeah. as much as they're <sighs> I know okay, so I know that I sound really corporate by like Target market. And I don't like to think about it. You know, the labels think about it as like your target market. And you shouldn't be thinking about your audience as like my target audience. You should be thinking about like my fans, like my music. I think you should yep. be making your music in terms of what you think sounds good. I think that you should really should be making music that you think sounds good and that you would listen to. Yes. I think that maybe you should be also thinking a little bit about what do you, what, what will other people like? Will people like that? Does it really work? I, and like, I really do think that maybe you should ask other people like, is this good? Do you think this is yep. good? And I do kind of think you should be writing for other people a little bit, at least every once in a while, if you want to have a successful career. But I don't think that you should be thinking about your audience as a target market. I don't think that you should be thinking about them in corporate terms as people that you should be selling to as dollar signs and money and stuff like that. I think that you should be thinking of them as people with whom you want to build relationships and, you know, have like a long, because, because when you build relationships with your fans, that's, that's long lasting and that's going to be more valuable for both of you going forward, you know? And I think that when, when I say like, 
give them some credit, but don't ask too much of them. Like give them some credit that if you grow a little bit, they're going to be willing to grow with you. Don't be too afraid to change because then you're not giving them any credit that they're going to be willing to grow with you. You're, don't dumb it down for them, but also right. don't expect them to do a complete 180 with you because that's, that's, that's a lot at once. And, you know, it's just a lot. Well, that's once. how you end up with the, the, the stuck up snobs. You're like, oh, yeah, like I like their first album. Uh, I mean, you're going to get that anyway. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, I've definitely you been get, that person. If you get those snobs and you have made it. Good for you. Good for you. Well, so I know that I sound super corporate by using those terms, and I, yeah. I <laughs> just a little. Corporate. I'm okay with it, okay. Uh, and the reason why I'm okay with it is I'm discovering, like, the more I grow my day job career, that this is turning into like a very helpful framework for me to wrap my brain around how things work. And even if it sounds really lame, it just it helps in my head like understand how that all kind of some of those dynamics and how it's all playing out. It's a good mm -hmm. reference point for me. Good. Uh, I'm also just getting old and crotchety. I actually posted to my personal Facebook this week. Did you? Uh, which I don't, um, for the first time in forever, I, I usually. Oh, I, uh, I did see that. And it, it was just long lines like Facebook's boring. I, I, I'm on LinkedIn now. And for whatever reason, I'm turning to the old crotchety person that is enjoying. I'm on LinkedIn. I, I, I've just been. I, I don't look at Facebook hardly at all anymore. I'm more likely to go on LinkedIn and look at what people are releasing the tech industry or other industries. And just, I kind of just find it fascinating. Oh, I hate LinkedIn so much. Just people trying to like sell my business things. I'm like, stop. I, I mean, don't care. So much of it is just like posturing and look at me. I'm cool. Please hire me. Yeah. Well, but or I did this beautiful thing and I gave somebody a chance. I hired somebody. Sure. I'm not saying all the content's great, but just in, in, in terms of framework for wrapping my brain around things, it's been mm. an interesting shift as I approach my late 20s. Oh, my God. You're so young. <laughs> You're so young. So young. So young. Yes. Wow. I guess I'll talk to you when I get back from Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Nasty Natty. Cincinnati. Nasty. That's a lot nicer than it used to be. Cincinnati. A lot of places are. Well, you know, when when the millennials move back to the cities after our parents' parents left them. I am turning into the person that's like, oh yeah, and that over there that used to be blank. Yeah. <laughs> Oh we, gosh, speaking of used to be, man, the Mercy Lounge, Cannery Ballroom, and High Watt in Nashville. They're going to have to move after being in the same place for 20 years. Wow. 20 years, and oh, so sad. Well, that sounds much sadder than what I discovered yesterday, which is the restaurant where Willis and I had her wedding reception is no longer there. Well. It was just a McCormick mix. It's not like it was. No. Oh. But. Well, Rick and oh, I got a married. Was, sadness. I think about a year, almost a year to the day Rick and I got married. Our wedding venue was almost destroyed by a hurricane. Oh, no. <laughs> Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. All right. Well, I'm going to go have my. I'm going to go make coffee. All right. Well, uh, please check us out on Patreon. 
Subscribe on YouTube, Indeed. iTunes, Spotify. Buy a hat. Buy a shirt. Buy shit. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. Sorry, suppressing a burp there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.